Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right, another episode of the Zero Powerlifting Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about anatomy and physiology and whether or not it's important. Um, so I've been doing uh, this coach development course through Zero. Uh, in various iterations for almost three years now. It's been going for quite a while. Uh, we've just given it an overhaul. We're about to do the first intake starting at the end of this month of the of the new version of the Coach Development Program, which is bigger, better, more value. Um, but this is a question that I get a lot from uh, graduates of the program who ask me um, where they should go to learn about more with it when it comes to anatomy, physiology, that kind of thing. And it's always an interesting question because, I mean, straight up, my answer is always going to be something like Google, Wikipedia, YouTube, physio channels, that kind of thing, or textbooks, because that's just, you know, going to be the easiest and quickest way to learn about specifically what you want to learn about without doing a fully fledged course. But it's raised a question that I fire at a lot of my students, which is, does this stuff even matter? To us as coaches or as lifters, if you manage your own training, does having an understanding of anatomy and physiology actually impact, actually change and influence what we do as lifters and coaches? It's an interesting conversation to have because there is a little bit of yes, there is a little bit of no. Uh, there is some element of, yeah, it kind of is important for us to understand at least some basic anatomy and some basic physiology. Um, but the extent to which that actually impacts our role from a practical perspective and purely teaching the lifts, understanding the lifts, and then programming for the lifts is very, 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 very minimal. If anything, an understanding of anatomy and physiology is far more helpful when it comes to digesting new information, reading posts, doing education, uh, far more helpful in terms of having conversations around coaching. That is, you know, um, say collaborating with a therapist on an uh, on a lifter who is injured or being able to understand what a lifter is saying to you if they're talking in anatomical terms. Um, outside of that, outside of the softer application of, of that knowledge, when it comes to actually teaching, understanding, um, uh, practicing and programming for the lifts, it can actually do more harm than good having a really in-depth knowledge on anatomy and physiology. And I'll explain what I mean to you. Uh, I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. First off, um, when it comes to uh, actually understanding this stuff, again, it is going to contribute to having conversations when someone mentions the TFL or the ITB or someone mentions, uh, you know, movement planes, you know, flexion, extension, uh, frontal, transverse, these kind of things. It is important for us to have at least some knowledge of that so we can keep up with conversations. When it comes to actually influencing the way that someone moves, you understanding where the TFL uh, originates, where it inserts, how it acts upon the joint, probably has no influence whatsoever as to how you're going to coach a squat. In fact, I would say it doesn't have any influence whatsoever on how it's going to, uh, how you're going to coach a squat because you cannot measure that muscle's role that it's playing in the squat. 
you can have an understanding of how it acts on an individual joint, but you can't observe what it's doing within the squat itself. And so you can't then categorically say it's doing this and that, and therefore my understanding of this means I'm going to train it this way. Really, you're looking at the squat, you're looking at a position, you're using your language to influence the way that the lifter moves under the bar, and then regress that through your exercise selection to change the way that they move. You don't need to know what muscles you're training to be able to influence that. There is going to be some value and some benefit in, in terms of understanding uh, how certain muscles act on certain joints, but in complex movements, um, you knowing how a hamstring acts on uh, you know, the, the leg or the pelvis or whatever probably plays very, very, very little role in how you then cue and coach a squat. So having that understanding uh, probably isn't that necessarily. And then on top of that, think of where that understanding has kind of led us astray. Think of stability training, for example. Five, six years ago, stability training became a really big thing. And it was really built on foundations of principles that made a lot of logical sense, but didn't make a lot of practical sense. For example, someone watching a squat, seeing a knee cave in and being like, what is that movement? Okay, well, adduction of the hip, internal rotation. Okay, so what's the opposite of that? Well, external rotation, abduction. Let's Google a muscle that influences that. Oh, we've got the glute med. How do, what does the glute med do to the joint? It does this. How can we train that? Let's do a clamshell. It's like, yeah, a clamshell is going to train the glute med, but what does the glute med do in the squat? Does it actually contribute to that or does it act upon the joint to make it move in a particular direction? Do you want your knees flapping around when you're doing a squat? No. So the role of the glute med in the squat is not the same as the role that you're training when you're performing a clamshell. So instead, we need to look at the movement and find out how can we influence the movement, not how can we influence individual muscle groups. Because again, you can't measure what that muscle group is doing in the individual movement. And attempts to do so are often going to be flawed because these movements are A, complex, and the ways that uh, muscles are measured in movements are flawed. Like EMG studies, for example, are taking a very superficial approach. It just doesn't matter that much. Really, what we're concerned with as coaches is going to be how lifter moves. Understanding what these muscles do and how they influence, say, injury and rehab, that then falls out outside of our scope anyway. If we're dealing with someone who's going through injury and rehab, we're hopefully sending them to a professional, like a physiotherapist, an exercise physiologist, who does need to understand that stuff. Our role as coaches, making people stronger and teaching them movements, doesn't need to rely on that stuff too much. So when it comes to um, you know this overemphasis on anatomy and what it means for us, we need to recognize how much as coaches we actually rely on that knowledge. So I have a university degree and as part of that university degree, I did medical physiology and there was a, a large component and it was exercise physiology as part of my degree as, as well. Um, there was a large component of anatomy, physiology and functional physiology. Uh, and I very rarely, if ever, have to draw on that knowledge as a coach. It's helped me tremendously in terms of building my system because of me being able to have conversations with people smarter than me who talk about this stuff so I can keep up in those conversations. In terms of my day-to-day -day role coaching in the past, I don't have to rely on that knowledge. I don't need to know where the glute max originates and inserts to be able to teach a squat and to be able to develop some of the strongest squatters in the world. It just doesn't impact what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you're curious about anatomy and physiology stuff, I encourage you to follow that 
I encourage you to look at that. I encourage you to learn about it more. There's nothing wrong with having more information, but really challenge yourself as to how much of that do you need to know? How much of it do you actually rely on it in your practice? And therefore, how much should you be drawing from that to change your practice? Like, don't be at risk of being like, oh, well, when we go into a, a you know, a deep squat, the role of this muscle changes, it reverses, and therefore we should be caving our knees in because it's more complicated than that. Rely on your understanding of what the gold standard of the movement should be if you don't know that do the zero coach development course there's a plug for you and we'll teach you that uh, but yeah if you're going to go through the effort of learning this stuff just have a have a real introspective look at how much of this stuff do you actually use in your day-to-day -day coaching and then be selective of how much of the stuff that you do learn that you then apply uh, versus how much of the stuff that you learn you just use to sort of um confirm or deny what you already understand about movement take it with a grain of salt hope that helped let me know if you have any questions i'll talk to you next time thank you so much for listening to the zero podcast if you want more information head to our instagram zero underscore weakness hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions thank you once more